All right, welcome back to another edition of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Inferna, and today we have Olympic weightlifter extraordinaire, excuse me, I'm so excited uh, having her speak with me, Juliana Riotto. Thank you for taking the time to participate tonight. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, so Jules, um, Juliana Riotto, are you Italian by any chance? Yeah, yeah. It's pronounced, everybody screws it up. So, like, it's, it's so slight, it's Riotto. Um, but yeah, I'm full on Italian. I'm like, sorry, I, I should. No, you're fine. Don't worry about it. It happens so much. It it doesn't bother me. <laughs> My parents were born there, and I was almost born there. So I I should I should have uh, <laughs> I should have asked I should have asked ahead of time. So, but, but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know how you got involved in uh, sports when you were younger? Absolutely. Um, when I was young, young, like when I was five, my parents wanted me to get involved in athletics. My dad was really big into football and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my, my parents always had me, I have a younger brother too. He's two years younger than me. We always did some sort of sport um, mm-hmm. since we were like walking. Um, so I really took accustomed to soccer um, and I was a little heavier when I was five years old and I was like looking at all the positions and I'm like, that person just has to stand in a net. I want that one. (laughs) Like since I was five till I was 17, I was a goalkeeper for soccer Mm -hmm. and I was so dedicated to it. I tried playing like basketball and softball. Mm -hmm. I played basketball competitively till I was in middle school. And then I made the like, I just want to play soccer. Sure. Um, So I was good. I'm only like five, four, five, four and a half. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't but I was pretty agile and I always had like bigger powerful legs um, even before weight training sure. um, so I was super competitive in that and ever since I was younger like I had this huge childhood dream like I wanted to go to the Olympics and like I knew like the women's soccer team roster down to like third string because I was so into it and would watch all of their games I remember when I was like 16 my dad took me to a women's soccer game and Abby Wambach like broke yeah. history with a goal, I think. And like, I remember screaming almost as loud as I do on the platform, but like in the stand, right. nuts. And like ever, I got into like one of their practices one time and I was just like, I want to represent the country in athletics so badly. Like it was always a goal since I was young. Um, I just thought I was going to be the next Hope Solo and I wasn't going to sure. go into weightlifting. Um, yeah. But then I played in high school and like, as I grew up, the politics I saw in soccer got worse, not as much in club as in high school, mm-hmm. but like small example, when my junior year, I was really, I was a pretty decent keeper, mm-hmm. but I never believed that I got fair playing time just because I was younger. Um, and I was always playing like a grade up, a grade up, a grade up right. growing up. Mm-hmm. So it was like pretty obvious that I was dedicated. I was, I had natural athleticism Mm -hmm. um and they put me in i think it was quarterfinals they had me sit the whole game it's like raining it's cold as shit and they're like all right pks are up because it was tie tie game and it was like after overtime they're like jules get ready and i'm looking at my coaches like are you out of your mind you want me to go in there cold and try and save pks like i they're my favorite thing ever because there's always so much pressure and all eyes around the shooter and the the keeper but I'm like thinking like, how the hell am I going to pull this off? So I'm like <laughs> jogging up and down the field, like trying to get warm. And I go in there and I saved like three out of four and got us mm-hmm. into like semis. I remember the whole team like dogpiled. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thinking, like, 
I got to get in like at least a half in semis. Right. Like I just came off the bench cold, made the crowd go nuts, stepped up big when I had to in my junior year, and they benched me the whole game and we lost. And I remember being so furious. The next year I turned, like I turned in all of my uniforms and I was like, right. I don't want any part of this anymore. Right. Um, and I stuck with club and then I, because of my falling out with my high school coaches and the conditioning person they had to set up with, I needed like a new way mm-hmm. to get for soccer and I found CrossFit. Sure. Um, I did CrossFit for about a year and a half mm-hmm. and I loved it. Like I loved, it was the first time I ever had any weight training. So mm-hmm. like here it is, like I'm moving weights and like I, the Olympic lifts were my favorite, like squatting. Right. And I'm like, I could do like handstand push-ups, like a few mm-hmm. bar muscles, but I really love like the barbell cycling. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking young 16 year old me is thinking mm-hmm. like just CrossFit movements. Right. So the second year I did the open was the first year CrossFit did teen divisions and masters divisions. Right. So I was in the 16 to 17 year old division mm-hmm. and the first workout in 2015, it had a 15.1 a mm-hmm. and it was a max clean and jerk. So I'm sure. like, Oh yes, let's go. Right. I'm so excited. And I clean and jerked, I think 210 pounds, which was like 96 kilos when I was 16. Mm-hmm the ugliest clean and jerk i have a video somewhere i like cleaned it and like caught it on my and sit up and jerk it and i'm I'm like so excited to see the rankings because like the year before i did the open it was out of everybody but like i finally get to meet people my age right and the rankings came back and i placed first in the world out of the open and i was like something's messed up like there's some russian chick waiting to like put her her her, or some chinese waiting to put the results in and i'm gonna get knocked down to like fifth but like the whole open went on and I stayed there in that work. Like, Holy right. crap. Like I'm 16 years old, just doing this to stay in shape for soccer. Right. And I just this first worldwide. So then you as uh, Phil Andrews, who's now the CEO, he was the director at the yeah. time. Right. He called my CrossFit gym mm-hmm. and he's like, who is this kid? Sure. She has all this potential. We want to get her involved. So here I, I, everybody's like, how did you find weightlifting? How did you find weightlifting? And I'm like, I didn't know it existed until I got called. Right. So he pulled me out and I had to do like a local meet in Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. My nanos, I borrowed someone's singlet just to get a total in. Sure. Just to like, cause he wanted to invite me out to camps at the Olympic training center. But since right. I wasn't in the system, they can't just do that. Right. So he's like, yeah, you got to go out and compete. And I ended up, I think I went like five for six okay. and like, won the competition and Phil's such a wise guy and he, he like emailed us back he's like I didn't tell you to win I just told you to total yeah. and I was like I don't know man like right. I'm just having fun with this mm-hmm. and then I like went out to Olympic training center center mm-hmm. camps and it was the coolest thing ever mm-hmm. I mean like I met Jordan Burroughs there you're walking right. past Olympians Paralympic athletes like mm-hmm. so so cool mm-hmm. um and I learned from the best and then they assigned me a coach so I was originally with my coaching journey is I was originally with Spencer Arnold, the power and grace performance. He was a great guy. Helped me out a ton. He helped get me on my feet. Mm-hmm. We just, I was trying to do the remote thing with him from Georgia to Jersey. And like, at first I was training at CrossFit gyms and then I, my parents helped me. We build a gym in my basement so mm-hmm. I could lift my stairs. Yeah. And I was trying to make soccer my senior year of school and lifting work mm-hmm. and I was like sport like it needs a lot of attention 
Um, so I was trying to make it all work and then I went to college and I think me and Spencer parted ways just cause like we both agreed I needed more eyes on me and we, he couldn't give me that with him being in Georgia and it was right. really hard for me to try and make trips to go see him when I'm only 17 years old. Right. Right. Um, so then I found Dane, right. Dane Miller, yeah. Garage Strength. I would drive, like, as I got older, my parents were like, yeah, it's fine. I would drive an hour and a half to see him, like, twice a week mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania to train. And sometimes I would spend weekends there. So I would, like, sleep over at uh, Haley Reichardt is another one of his athletes. We were close. I would sleep over at her house, train a weekend there, come home. Mm -hmm. And now I'm starting, like, to go to college. And I remember my club coach was also the – coach of Montclair State University D3 soccer. Mm -hmm. He was like, I want you to be a keeper for my team. Like I've known you, you we've worked well together. And at first I tried, I, I told him yes. And I was gonna try and make like collegiate soccer, weightlifting and schoolwork. And I, I'm just sitting there like, I don't know how to do this. If I'm traveling so much, I'm gonna miss so much practice for soccer. And right. soccer is a completely different animal than weightlifting mm -hmm. is. Um, and at this point I dropped CrossFit, um, and switched over. So then with Dane, we went to university nationals. I decided not to play soccer anymore, committed to lifting in school. And we went to university nationals and I it was one, it, I mean, under 25s as well. So I signed up for both mm -hmm. and I ended up sweeping like both competitions. Right. And I got like one silver and the rest gold, like mm -hmm. five golds, one silver, mm -hmm. And I looked at my dad and I was like, this is getting serious. Like this is my freshman year of college. I'm just showing up to a national event. And I just right. like, this is a big deal. I'm getting invited out to camps at the Olympic training center. And my dad, like I was, I was ready to, to stop school and I did, but I'll get through that story. Sure. My father was like super against it yeah. at first. And then my college professor, what was his name? Rob, Rob, well, I can't remember his name right now and it's killing me, but he's such a nice guy. I remember he had one of the professors at Montclair was an Olympian. Okay. He went, he was from Brazil and he went for gymnastics and he's like, he, he threw this party and had this man speak because of my performance at university nationals. Mm -hmm. He was like just a freshman seminar class. Right. He was such a motivating guy and like just a lot of fun. He he knew all these magic tricks. He was such a cool guy. And I'm sitting here listening to this professor saying like he had to stop school and dedicate four years of his life to what he wanted to go to the Olympics. And then he came back to school and now he's a professor at Montclair State University. So I'm literally sitting there and I email my professor the next day. He was like, I want to talk to you about something this is what I'm thinking about. What's your opinion? Right. And he was like, from what like the other professor said and what you're saying, I was like, I think I want to take a break from school and just focus on this right now while I have the time because school's right. always going to be there. It's not going right. anywhere. Right. And he was like, I think you should go for it. Like you have something special. I think a lot of people see that. And like mm -hmm. he was backing me up on it and I debated with my parents a little bit, but ultimately it was my decision and they right. supported me at the time. So then I started training full-time. I moved out to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I was I get stipends from USA Weightlifting because of ranking stuff. Right. So that helped pay for rent to train mm -hmm. full-time. And my parents like covered everything else, like gas, food, anything else I had to worry about. 
So that's when I was in Pennsylvania. I trained with Dane. Um, I'm not with Dane anymore, but he, he's a great guy. I think he served his purpose with me. He's, he got me to, he helped me get to international teams. I'll always be grateful for Dane. Um, and that, that story kind of, I made my first teams in 2017 for junior Pan Ams, junior worlds. And I got silver junior nationals that year under Jesse Bradley. I also love her. Um, awesome human being, awesome lifter. And I placed eighth overall in the world in Tokyo. And then I got bronze in Ecuador. And that was a funny story because somebody screwed up the competition times. And I ended up competing a day earlier than I was supposed to. And no one warned us. Um, and I was cutting at the time. Now I'm an 87 and I used to be a 75. Sure. And like I was very good. I was always on weight. I've never not made weight. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this. I'm sitting there in a tank top and spandex watching Mason Growler, I think, lift. Mm-hmm. And I'm like chilling. And Ryan Sennett comes up to me and Jesse. Because me and Jesse were in the same conference. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't freak out. But I think you guys have to lift in 30 minutes. And we both just had a morning session. Mm-hmm. Ate lunch. And we look at each other and I'm trying not to cry. This is my first international competition ever. Because right. this is, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I knew I woke up around 75 and I ate like two meals and I trained. And I'm like, I am not on weight right now. Right. And nobody told us. So I remember running in the back, getting Dane's zip up, grabbing Mason Growler's pants, putting a bunch of gum in my mouth and running around the Coliseum, wherever we were, and spitting and running, trying to sweat anything off I could. And my roommate had to run back to the hotel and get my passport. And thank God I'm like very like OCD and had like my singlet laid out and my warm-ups like on the chair. So all she had to do was like grab it and go. Right. We're like, uh, if you ever talk to Jesse Bradley or Jordan mm-hmm. Cruz asked him of this story, Jordan had to like search through Jesse's things, like looking for like, and I remember me and Jesse were like freaking out. Mm-hmm. I'm like spitting, trying to get as much as I could off. And I've never like done laps before I lifted. Right. Sure. And then we weighed in, I just made weight. I don't know how I did it. And I competed and I think I went, it was, I think it was four for six. It like wasn't my best performance, but it makes sense why. Right. And I went like 90 and 111 mm-hmm. and I got out with a bronze and like I lost my shit on the platform mm-hmm. screaming. And it would like, I'm happy that was my very first international competition. Right. Cause now right. after that, I knew anything that happens in international right. competitions, I'll handle fine. Mm-hmm. Um, then went to Tokyo, I think I went like 92 and 114, placed eighth in the world. Mm-hmm. And then 2018 is where I really, it was my third and last year as a junior. Mm-hmm. I think I was like finally starting to tap into my strength because now mm-hmm. I just turned 20. Right. Um, and like I've, I've heard that peak athlete age is between like 25 and 30. I don't know how that tr- is Mm -hmm. um so i knew i'm just starting to tap into some potential and it started out with junior nationals again and i won so that was like a check off the list Mm -hmm. and what was crazy was i wouldn't have made junior worlds and pan ams as a 75 even though i won it was like something weird with the ranking system so they asked me to bump up to 90 Mm -hmm. because i would make 
team that way. I was like, dude, I get to eat and just lift and not worry about anything. I have a 15 kilo room and right. done. <laughs> like that's not a problem at all. So I spent like a whole month just bulking. And I remember like I was eating so much food and I was still like staying at 78. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I remember I was taking in like 225 grams of protein per day, trying to like gain the right way. Right. I think I weighed in at junior worlds in Uzbekistan at like 83. Like I was still so far sure. under. And that was like with a full breakfast <laughs> that day. Um, and I went 99, 125 to go gold, bronze, silver. Um, and I remember I'm still so salty about this to this day. I had the training of my life leading. Like I went three for three in the snatch. Well, I remember I went 99. The last girl went hundred and she missed. And I remember I screamed on the platform, but I remember watching Dane and the TV screen at the same time, seeing she missed and watch Dane like skyrocket. Like he does on the side of the platform, but, like in the right. back, like losing his shit. Cause we just realized like, I want a gold medal at my second junior world. It's like, right. this is, I'm like trying not to cry. I'm like, you have to stay focused. You have clean and jerks. You can be excited, but you got to stay in the game. And I missed my opening clean at 120 because I overpulled it and like fell backwards. And I remember being so angry and I went to Dan, I go, I don't care what you put on that bar on second attempt, I'll make it. Just put on whatever you need. And we played it safe and just went 20 and 25. Right. And like, I remember, I think my video from Junior Worlds, All Things Jim Got It, is like my favorite video to date. Because it's like, I meddled at Junior Worlds after coming eighth a year right. ago right like it was unbelievable to be on that platform and then junior pan ams was after that and i swept gold um i didn't do as well as i did at or maybe i did a kilo better on clean and jerk snatches i think it was like 98 instead of 99 but like it, i stayed pretty even and like swept gold and like hearing the national anthem right. on that platform i would do I mean, I still am going to do everything I can to hear that again, because that is the coolest feeling in the world, especially when I had, I had little kid me five years old, just to be a part of team USA. Now I'm on it and I'm going to international competitions and meddling. Um, and then what was after that? China, I think was after that or no American open finals is a fun one. Um, we went back to training and it was my last competition to try and get some junior records before I age out. Mm -hmm. um, and I went five for six, snatched 106 kilos for the junior American snatch mm -hmm. record, clean and jerk 129 for a personal PR and total 234 for a junior American record. Mm -hmm. Again, lost my complete shit mm -hmm. on the platform. And it's like me, these competitions were just kind of like confirmation for me, like me not deciding not to go to school anymore and stopping soccer and right putting everything I have into this mm -hmm. and believing in the ability I had when I was a kid and, and trying to tap into that potential was all the right decisions. Um, and it's just been so fun to be on a stage in front of people. Cause like when you're a goalkeeper, you have that pressure on you. Right. And a lot of the times it's mostly negative pressure. Cause like you lose the game, it's your fault. If you win, it's not, it's not your fault. Like it's not, what am I trying to say? It's not a comedy. So you could have a shutout game and everybody's going to look at the people who scored the goal. Right. You're not going to get the credit for it. Right. Exactly. Right. So it's right. like, 
and I'm not dealing with politics. Like that was another big thing mm-hmm. for me to change from soccer to weightlifting was if I lift the weight, I make the teams. Nobody's going right. to tell me like, you're not good enough to mm-hmm. be on that platform. Right. Which I like a lot about this sport. Um, mm-hmm. It's really rewarding. And um, after American open finals, I made my first senior international team in February. Mm-hmm. It was the IWF world cup, which was cool mm-hmm. to go to in China. Um, and I ended up placing bronze there, which was like totally blew me away because I, a woman bombed out. I think she was from Ecuador, but she bombed in clean and jerks. And then that put me in like bronze. And I remember standing there with like, I think it was North Korea and China, like, holy crap. I'm 20 years old battling with the big girls that go to the Olympics. I'm up here. Like I, I can do this. Um, and then what I told you a little about before we started this podcast, um, after that competition, I came out to my parents and then I had a huge life change that kind of had to rearrange how I do training and competitions, not changing my goals in any way or making what weightlifting my first priority. It's just, I have to be an adult now because my parents didn't want to support me financially anymore. Um, and I kind of had to take a hold of my adult life as well as my weightlifting life. Right. So on paper, it looks like my performance took a dip a little bit. Um, because I think after that, I went to Great Britain and San Diego were like my only two comps in Great Britain. I went like 223 in San Diego. I went like 217. So it was like, no one really saw what was going behind the scenes mm-hmm. And it was things like having to find a new apartment, having to get a new car, having to take on my own bill. Um, Things that like 21 year olds, I feel like are normally in college still maybe like gradually coming off their parents support. where for me, it was like one day I had no worries. And the next it was like, I had a job and I had all these bills and I had to learn how to manage money and deal with all that. Um, So that's, I'm really excited to talk to you podcast and kind sure. of explain that mindset of mm-hmm. time athlete to not that I consider myself not a full-time athlete now it's just full-time athlete while taking on life responsibilities right. as well so talk a little bit about because like your story is so intriguing to me right like you 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 walk into a box you 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 place first in the world in the team team group team uh division like did you realize like even before those rankings came out, did anybody in your box, was anybody like, not to go back, you know, five years, yeah. but like, was anybody like, wow, like we should, like she's special even before like those ranking, rankings came yeah. out. Like was anybody aware of like. Yeah, everybody told me like, you're really strong. Cause like I was repping like 265 at 16 years old back squat. And they're like, mm-hmm. that's not like normal basically. Right. And I thought <clears throat> I was a kid. Like I was like, there's sure. gotta be other people out there that, that right. are strong too. I remember specifically though, Justin Blitz was, um, he was a strong man kind of dude. He was like an army vet, awesome guy. I still kind of stay in touch with his wife, Colleen. Um, he was really like, he would pull me on Saturdays to like the strong man classes and I play with the yokes and the stones. They're fun. They really are. I haven't touched it in years, but like I did enjoy that stuff with him. And he was always like, you have a very, talented gifts with lifting and strength portion of athletics 
And he would tell my dad all the time. And I don't think it really struck until what happened with Phil right. happened. Right. So then, so when you, when you get the call from USA weightlifting, you've never competed before and yeah. you make the decision to leave school. Right. So you're, you're 21 right now. Right. So you might be right. So you might be like a, a junior or senior in college. Like, if I would have gone to my parents, like my parents, like I mentioned, like my parents were born in Italy, like that was a non-negotiable. Like I was yeah, the first person that graduated from college in my family. Right. Like that was like, you know, my, my dad worked on an assembly line. Like you're not, you're not doing that. You're going to go to school. You get figured yeah. you do something, but you're going to go to college. Like you're yeah, not going to come work like, in a factory with me. He's like, I don't care if it's underwater basket weaving. Right. Get right. Yeah. So, so then you, you know, you, you make that decision, like how, like, was there ever any like concern? Cause like I, like some of the, the kids that I work with, like post collegiate throwers and stuff, they're always like, you know, coach, like, I don't know, like I'm kind of like scared or like, there's always like a touch of touch of apprehension. So like, yeah. were, were you, I mean, you went all in and it's obviously, yeah. it's definitely worked out really well, but in like in the back of my, in your mind, we are like, Oh shit. Like sometimes if, I if still I, get you know, nervous in the day. Like, right. I want to be a coach, but like, I could probably, I like, I tested the waters of like programming for people and things mm -hmm. like that. And I always think like, can I get a decent job without that degree? Even like, right. let's say I make it to the Olympics and I get a bronze medal, but right. if I don't have that degree, will that be that much of an issue if I were to go to a college or a high school and say, Hey, I want to be a strength coach for your athletes. Mm -hmm. There's always that little mm -hmm. thing in the back of my mind, but I always tell myself like, if you really want that job and you're done with your weightlifting career, you can go to school and get a bachelor's or do whatever you have to, right. to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. So I, there are my like doubting moments, like maybe I should have tried to do online or like mm -hmm. make it work. But I, I don't have any regrets. Like there's some doubts, but it's just like, right. no, I, if I, if that does come someday, mm -hmm. I, I think I can handle it. So talk about then you, you're you're international i mean you've competed so many times internationally like talk about like the like the weeks leading up to a competition or like the week of like yeah. how do you how do you like start wrapping your head around like whether it was with dane or any of your other coaches like okay this is a plan like this is, I, i've never like coached in a, in a weightlifting competition but i know you know there's a lot of strategy and there's like a lot of like behind the scenes like maneuvering for for those kilos and who hits the right. weight first and stuff so how much uh, like Talk about like what a, a week might look like, like leading up to junior worlds or Pan Ams. Like how do you sit down and figure out what you're going to do? Yeah. Um, I remember, and it's like each competition too. I'm sure a lot of athletes can relate to this. It's funny. Something always goes wrong and it's not in lifting. It's something right. outside. Something, right. It's always life happens. Yeah. It's something it like, for example, Tokyo in 2017, yeah. Three weeks before we're supposed to leave, mm -hmm. I get a massive toothache that wakes me up in the middle of the night and I had an infection in both um, my wisdom teeth. Mm -hmm. I had to get them taken out and you're not supposed to lift after you get them taken out. Right. So I had to wait like a week to lift again. Mm -hmm. So then I lost a week in prep and I was losing my mind. If you ever talk to Dane, you can ask him, like I started crying in training. I was like right. failing because I never fail. Like how the hell? And it's always a little thing, um, but normally the plan is with most, I mean, like now I'm with Catalyst and uh, under Amy Everett, um, mm -hmm. love her. I'm so happy with them. Mm -hmm. um, but there are similarities. You push really hard um, till like, I think it's two weeks out. And then like mm -hmm. two weeks out, you'll, you're still push heavy, but it's like less sets. And then right. the last, you like taper down and back off the weight mm -hmm. and back 
the reps so your body gets like a refresher. Right. So the whole technique behind that is, is so by the time you step on the platform, everything feels like air because you're conditioned under heavy weights from two right. weeks out, things like that. Um, and I, I know being in that over and over, especially mm -hmm. with international, um, because it depends on travel. So like just recently I was at the Arnold, it was a five hour drive. Right. Junior Worlds in Uzbekistan was like 24 hours of travel, like a 16 hour flight and then another hour flight and then like layovers going through customs. Some people don't get their luggage. It's like you have to take on all of that stress right. as well as getting there and then do you lift right when you get off of the plane if you can or do you take that day off and then do another like warm up the next day right. and so like junior worlds we were there like a week in advance so it was very like you had plenty time to adjust to time difference and right. um jet lag and things like that um, but in Great Britain, when I competed, it was only a weekend. So I flew to Great Britain. I think I got there, was my rest day, did like a light day, two days in a row, and then I competed. So it's like, it all depends. You have to know what your travel is like to adjust that taper and how you're going to move around it. So with, with what's happening, I mean, you, you competed at the Arnold. With yeah. what's happening in the world now, like so, um, were you going to compete in May at Senior Nationals? Then, like, was that so you yeah. were? So, that like, what, so, like, what's the plan? Like, I mean, you don't have to go into too much detail with you know what like your plan with Amy is and, and things, but like, so if if things get postponed, like, are you planning on competing in December again? Like, how are you trying to figure out? Because the qualification process for the the trials and the Olympics is kind of. I don't know. Yeah, maybe most people don't, might not get it. Yes. Can you go talk a little bit about that? Like what? Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, yeah. I was, I'm like, I have mixed feelings about nationals being postponed to December. Mm -hmm. Um, because now that like I have an adult life too, it's not like I can take off all of these weeks from work. Like right. I got invited out. There was a camp, there was a small camp going to go on with USA weightlifting at Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. um, they had to cancel that. And I was super bummed that I haven't been out there mm -hmm. in so long. It's been like five years. Right. Um, and that was going to be a small camp that Micah Tone reached out. So I had to miss that, mm -hmm. but I was, I was planning on to travel to that senior nationals, have a camp with catalyst and then maybe AO finals. So mm -hmm. now it's like, okay, we're, I'm not working. I work at a YMCA, which mm -hmm. is, they are amazing. They're very accommodating. They help mm -hmm. with training. I can train. They have like a little CrossFit area mm -hmm. that they'll give me the keys to and be like, whenever you need it, go train in there. So like, I'm very happy. I have a job that's so supportive right. of what I do. Um, and they're very good with like, if I do need time off for comps and camps, they understand. Right. But not working there right now. Um, they were like offering painting and cleaning jobs for a little bit, but everything's mm -hmm. locking down so tightly. Um, right. So like, I'm a little relieved that I don't have to like, worry about that stress of giving up work and money and things like that. But I, of course I want to compete at senior nationals, but I'm excited. Me and Amy are going into like a strength cycle right now to get back on our feet. Cause Amy took me out of a really dark place when I was struggling with my parents and having to leave pain and kind of just hit a big reset button on my life. Um, Amy has been absolutely amazing of getting me back on track to what, who the athlete I am and not that just I was that because I started to lose my fire a little bit when I was dealing with all that life stuff and mm -hmm. drama with my family. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited just to be back on a big cycle, mm -hmm. mind right on our way to senior nationals. 
Um, and I think it'll be cool to have senior nationals and AL finals going on. It's going to be, a, I would assume, a large group of people just because right. those are like the two biggest national competitions that USA Weightlifting holds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be fun and interesting. And I always love a big crowd, so that'll be cool. So what are your, for someone who's going to, and I, I think I, I think I know the answer, but I just want to, I want to ask again, like, so for someone who is on the cusp of, do I, cause you're, I mean, it's like an anomaly as far as like what happened, but like for someone who graduates from college and is like, you know what, I, I, I think I can train, like I coach thrower. So right. I had a couple of post-collegiate kids that, you know, we were gearing up for the trials and now it's like, oh boy, like there's no trials. So yeah. Like one has a job and he's like, coach, I don't know if I can go another 18 months. Right. Like, what do I do? So like, if someone's going to come to you and say, you know, Jules, what, like, this is my dream. Uh, you know, what, what should I do? Like, what would you tell somebody? If like if what I learned from all the crap I went through, I mm-hmm. mean, like it, like emotional distress with my, cause like what's going on now with the coronavirus, like, the people who were gearing up for 2020, like Maddie's my teammate. We've talked right. about it. I know she was having a hard time. And I can only right. imagine like the rest of the team, like how do you take that in and suck it up and be like, oh, just another year? Because they don't even know if they have a chance of losing their spot now because a lot of them were like pretty solidified on where they're at. But now that's right. another year, how do you handle that? Right. Like you for them like they should be allowed to just focus like I want to go to the Olympics and not worry about do I lose my spot now right and that that would be like I'm totally bummed if I were in their position I knew I wasn't going to make 2020 with my progress and everybody else and that there's only four spots for the women Mm -hmm. um so I've been more geared to 2024 sure um so like that didn't affect me too much Mm -hmm. um so but my my pep talk for anybody who has that question mm-hmm. if you want it bad enough you make it work um i mean when i was gearing up for britain was kind of like the heat of what was happening with my family and it was like i'd have an argument with my father and then i'd have to go to a car dealership and try and find my car because he was coming to take my car since it was a lease under his name and then i had to try and fit training in so i remember like not being able to squat rushing out of the gym trying to go to the dealership and like trying not to bring outside life into training, right? like having to keep it separate. And when you're going through heavy stuff, it's very, very hard to be able to just leave everything at the door. Right. I think it's a skill that I've had to learn over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would probably be my best piece of advice is like whatever you're going through with work, you keep it at work or like when you're home, you can vent about it and talk about it. Right. But training is very like, once you walk into that gym, once you walk out to that throwing circle, once you walk out onto that platform, onto that field, everything else doesn't matter. Like I had to learn like whatever's happening with my car or where I'm living does not matter right now because these two hours are dedicated to my goal, to my dream. Right. Because guess what? All that crap will be waiting for you as soon as you walk back out right. those gym doors. Right. You don't have to worry about it. It's not going anywhere. Right. But like, it's, I remember DJ Shuttleworth, who uh, was also a coach with Garage Strength. I remember he was really there through a lot of it because he would be there training other athletes around mm-hmm. the same time. He would have to go in and train. And he'd always tell me that. He's like, you're here right now. You need to focus on the barbell and not whatever your dad's trying. Like he, my dad would leave me a voicemail. He's like, 
leave your phone on the bench and like focus on the freaking barbell and like leave it there. And like with Great Britain, USA weightlifting paid for my hotel. Like I earned that spot. And I remember Phil telling me when I got there, he's like, I wouldn't have blamed you if you didn't show up. Like I, there wasn't wow. pressure going. He right. knows more detail what was happening. Right. It was very, it was really hard. And it's like, and there's also that whole athletes going out of their junior to senior year is hard enough because of jobs and school. And I felt like I just hadn't added like baseball to the face. Like, right. okay, <laughs> how do you deal with all this life stress? And it's, it's very much grouping things as in mm-hmm. this is training, this is work, this is whatever emotional stuff mm-hmm. you're dealing with. Um, I think it's also really important to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to your coaches. If you have a sports site, you can reach out to, talk to them, mm-hmm. talk to teammates. Because if you just kind of bottle up, which I did, mm-hmm. um, what is happening in your life, mm-hmm. it will affect your training because you're not in a healthy mindset. Mm-hmm. So like, if I, if I was talking to old me a year ago and what happened, I would say, Hey, stop isolating yourself from everybody and talk to people. Right. Um, and just really like, if you really want to go to the Olympics, you can do it. It's, it's all in here. It really is. Especially with weightlifting. I mean, like you can walk up to a bar on a competition platform, have the most intense crowd, the best music and your your phones when you go out there, but if your mind isn't there, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and just to kind of like quickly, because you were, I mean, you trained at one of the best gyms on the East Coast, right? Yeah. Like you really like so it, so it's a who's who of Pan American Games champions and senior nationals and stuff. What was the environment like? Like it was really like, fun. Mm-hmm. It really was. Um, it was very like. No, we t- talked before and after training, but no one really was having like in-depth conversations during training. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the the thing is, like I feel garage was awesome, and it was mm-hmm. awesome being in that atmosphere every day. And like with Catalyst now, I mean, my teammates are that way too. Like people like Sarah Beth is on the um, Pan American team. Maddie Rogers. It's just mm-hmm. I don't get to train with those guys all the time. Right. Like at camps and stuff, I'll have that atmosphere. But in garage, I think Dane did a really good job of that atmosphere was there every day at training, especially like we would do max out Fridays. And it was like people would show like I used to show up in my singlet, especially if it was like a month out from comp. I would wear my singlet like every Friday and like get in that mindset. The only criticism, and if Dane's listening to this, is sometimes the music was like what Dane wanted to listen to and not what what the teammates wanted to listen to. Sure. But he used to say, like, that was more of a mental game for everybody. Yeah. Like, right. I'm putting on my music so you guys can have to deal with not focusing on the music and focusing on the right. weights. So, right. If that's what I had to learn from him, that's cool. But, yeah. like, <laughs> I do enjoy my music a little bit better. Right. <laughs> but, but it was a really fun atmosphere. Right. And it's because everybody was going towards the same goals. Mm-hmm. And Dane's a very, like, I'm not going to tolerate drama bullshit. Like, this is a very, like, you work in here atmosphere Mm -hmm. and you can deal with whatever drama outside the gym. Um, So I think when I was going through what I was going through with my parents, it it was, it was a little bit easier to block it out because of the atmosphere that was in there. Mm -hmm. 
So it, did you, when you transition to Catalyst, like, I guess, you know, Instagram and social media, like there's a persona maybe like yeah. what, what you were expecting with like Amy and Greg versus like the reality, like, is it, is it similar? Does it mirror or is it like totally different? You know, like genuine and real. Um, mm -hmm. I met Amy in Great Britain and that's mm -hmm. what kind of led me to Amy and seeing what mm -hmm. she did with Maddie and her mindset and helping her was just mm -hmm. like, I want her to be the first person I reach out to. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping she'd take me. Um, and like, it was cool that Dane, me and when me and Dane talked about it, like we both agreed, mm -hmm. Amy is kind of what I need right now. It just, right needed more emotional support. And I said it like Dane's so busy with like earth fed. He has Olympic throwers, wrestlers. Right. I was just like, dude, like what happened with my parents is not anybody's fault. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, I just, I need more support. And I know like maybe give me all of that right now, which is totally okay. But I need somebody who can. And plus Amy's a chick in plain English, like right. chicks know what kind of support chicks need. Right. Sure. Dane's dude, like, all right, shrug it off. Like just go lift some weights in it. Right. Again, there were no hard feelings at all. Mm -hmm. um, again, I think Dane was awesome, and he he definitely helped me when I needed him as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm just with people that I need now, and like the support. I was not expecting the amount of support just from Amy and Greg, but the whole team. Like when I met them at the Arnold, it was like group hug. Like I just met them, and they're very supportive and like. I told Amy a little bit about my situation and I met Sarah Beth in Great Britain and like supposedly like Sarah Beth was telling Amy, like, if you don't take her on him, I'm going to be so mad at you. Right. She's like, he needs a family. Like we're going to be the family she needs. And it was just, it was really cool. Like me having to lose the support of my family mm -hmm. for a little bit going into mm -hmm. such a supportive group right. was amazing so i think catalyst is very exactly what they put out there right but even more with how much support they really do give mm -hmm. inside why well, I, I mean I, that's all i have i don't know if there's any i mean you you hit on everything you spent a you know a lot of time on mindset and i think that's like what we were talking about offline like i think that's the piece like i coach division three throwers uh like some high school athletes and and i i try and spend a lot of time on that like we've been the nationals where if it's not always the best athlete, right. That wins. It's the one that kind of has it between the ears a little bit. And I appreciate you sharing, uh, you know, about that, that even elite level, uh, weightlifters, like if it's not there on that day that, you know, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not going to happen. You your own worst enemy, really. If mm -hmm. you're not, if you're not doing it the right way. Right. Right. But well, I, you know, I appreciate you taking the time tonight to, uh, you know, talk to us on our podcast and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. I would love right. to. Thank you so much, Jules. Anytime. Thanks. Take care. You too.